Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, everyone. Brilliant testimony interview, Joe. I actually quickly grabbed a, um, a felt tip from Abigail's pencil case because you said something that I want to just, if I can, and remember to weave it into something that I've done in my preparation for today's message, um, which we've just introduced the theme, Light on a Hill. The, the, the particular version of the Bible that I'm using refers to it as city on a hill. So I'm going to probably use those two terms, those two phrases interchangeably uh, today. So um, I just need to find my actual correct page. But anyway, so last week, Steph preached a great message all about um, being rooted to relate, which is all part of our focus for this year, 2024, rooted. Um, a few key phrases came out of Vision Sunday, one of which was this rooted to relate, rooted to how we relate to one another, which is very much the focus of Steph's message last week, and also how we relate to God, which was largely to do with what Johnny preached about the week before when he talked about prayer. We talked about how to pray. How do you relate to God? Last week, Steph talked about how to relate. How do we relate to one another and other people? Three Sundays ago, at the beginning of February, Paul Dukes talked about how to read the Bible, which is that other phrase, rooted in the Bible. As a church this year, we are to be rooted in the Bible, rooted in relationships with one another and with God. And the final one, which is today's message, which is... Um, light on a hill, or as I say earlier, city on a hill. So today's message is how to be a city on a hill. How to be a light on a hill. How to be a city on a hill. Now, listen to Joe, listen to Paul and the mission team talk about their experiences in Uganda. You might be thinking, well, where do I fit into that? I didn't go to Uganda. I haven't been to Belarus. Where do I fit into that? But I think as soon as you leave this car park today... You're on mission. In fact, you could argue right now is sort of the refueling station. We're getting you ready in about an hour's time to go on mission. The first person you meet might be the person that's crossing the road as you pull out the car park. And you might honk your horn at them because they've annoyed you. I, I was challenged a few years ago. I came to church on a normal Sunday. Nothing particularly different about the Sunday. And this person came up to me and said, Ben, are you okay? are you okay, Ben? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they said, I saw you about half a mile that way. You didn't let me out of the junction. And your face gave the impression that was, something was up. Are you okay? I was like, oh, no, that's, that's just fine. Not long after that, possibly a couple of days, possibly a couple of weeks, and as somebody who isn't a Christian said to me, Ben, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm really good, actually. Yeah, really good. But they said, I saw you at the junction, and, and, and you didn't acknowledge me. You didn't let me out. And your face <laughs> suggested the, world, the weight of the world was on your shoulders. So since then, I have perfected the art of the driving face. I have rehearsed my driving face because often you're squinting because of the light or whatever or you're kind of you're thinking about your day so you, you you do generally people when they're driving look grumpy especially if they're on their own in the car so we can all practice it now let's do it a bit of audience participation so imagine you're in the car and you you want to give a good impression because you're a light on a hill so mine is kind of like a, i'm going to try now it's uh, without the steering wheel in front of him this might be tricky so it's a bit like this 
it started like this. But I, I dumbed it down because this is a bit more natural, a bit more comfortable with my, how my cheeks sit. So, so I'm giving the impression I'm smiling, but I'm not over the top. But if anybody sees me now, hopefully <laughs> you'll see me being a light on a hill <laughs> and on mission wherever I go. So today's scripture, which is mostly, um, it was one of the memory verses a few weeks ago, which is the scripture in Matthew 5. Um, And that's pretty much where I'm going to stay for the duration of today's message. And it comes in the context of Jesus preaching his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He's just talked about the Beatitudes, which are these sort of rules for life, these these kingdom principles for how we as Christians should live our lives. And they were quite countercultural to how people were living their lives at that time. And they are certainly countercultural to how the world lives today. Things like God blesses those who are humble. For they will inherit the earth. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. For they will see God. God blesses those who are persecuted. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then it jumps into, before we get to the city on the hill, light on the hill phrase. I'll read a few verses ahead of that. Starting at verse 11 in Matthew 5. It says this. God blesses you. When people mock you. I mean, I could just do the preach on that. Did you know God blesses you when people mock you? How crazy is that? And persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. This is is the NLT, the New Living Translation. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember... The ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Today's verse, today's theme comes in the context of Jesus blessing the persecuted, the lost, the broken, the weary, those that are disappointed, those that have been backstabbed, those that have been betrayed, those that are weary in doing good. This is a message for the disappointed, for the the lost, the weary, the betrayed, the mocked, the persecuted. Persecuted. I could argue at some point in time that refers to all of us. This is a message for all of us. And God brings some great encouragement in the context of this theme, persecution. We'll read on verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Here we go. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. So that everyone will praise your heavenly father. That was the same verse that was given to Joe many, many years ago. So there's three sort of metaphors of describing a Christian. You've got that first one um, in the second sort of paragraph that I just read, the salt of the earth. I like that phrase. We often use that, don't we? They're, they're the salt of the earth, they are. Um, we've, in, in, in church, we talk about being salt 
and light, which is the second metaphor, light of the world. And the third one is city on a hill. And I just want to kind of briefly whiz through those imagery, those, I guess you could call them metaphors, to describe how we and you should be. Starting with salt of the earth. And salt, the difference between salt and light, I guess, is salt is discreet. It's sort of, it dissolves in, in our cooking. It's not obvious. It's sprinkled in, uh, maybe liberally or whatever, but it's something that enhances the flavor of a dish, but it happens underneath. We don't see salt working and making things taste nice. We just trust that salt does the stuff under the surface. Salt is this discreet internal thing and that's what this year is all about of course we're doing the mission trips of course we've been a city on a hill and we're doing as much as we can to reach our community but the the rooted theme for this year is about the salt and about the depth and about the relationship inside of you and me our roots need to go down deep into God but I can't see your roots because your roots are invisible just like I can't see the salt flavor in your food because it's invisible so what can you do? These are the things we're encouraging you this year to be salty, to taste better. Read the Bible, rooted in the Bible. Prayer, quiet time, engaging with the pause app and sort of taking minutes or 10 minutes or one minute out of your day to say, God, you're number one and everything else is yours. These sort of things allow about being salty, about being deep and going deep into God. They're the things that no one else sees except for God. And I think in order to be a city on a hill, I think we need to get this bit right first. We need to be rooted in God. Otherwise, we'll just be a blinding light and dazzle people. We need to be salty. We need to be the salt of the earth. Your relationship with Jesus is by far the most important thing. By far the most important thing. So that's the first imagery. I won't go too deep into that one. The second one is the light of the world. Back in Jesus' time, lots of important, prominent rabbis would be given the, that phrase, the light of the world. It was a big tagline, and Jesus gave it to fishermen and broken people, and he gives it to us. We are the light of the world. It's crazy that Jesus would say that we are the light of the world when previously in the Gospels, Jesus says he is the light of the world. In John 8 verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Isn't it amazing that Jesus' title, or more to the point, Jesus' light, he shares with us. He says, I'm the light of the world, but hmm, so are you. You are the light of the world. We, together, collectively, as a team, are the light of the world, a city on a hill. And light, if you think about it in the Bible, but also just in kind of reality, light shows you where to go. Light shows you how to live. It says in the end of that John um, 8 passage, um, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. So Jesus is showing us how to live. The light of the world shows us how to live. It's also a lamp unto our feet. And I just read this scripture. Most of my scriptures come from um, this light on the hill passage. But I'm going to read Romans 13, verse 12, which also says, The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. 
and put on the shining armor of right living. This is what it is to be the light of the world, to live right, to shine, to put on the shining armor of the light of the world, of right living. Verse 13, because we belong to the day. We're foreigners in this world. We belong to the day. We, the, the world is at times a dark place, but we're people of the light. Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in the sexual promiscuity and immoral living or quarreling and jealousy. When we shine, the darkness is exposed. You might find yourself, I think Joe referenced this in the interview, you might be in a meeting and you feel like because you're light, people are talking dark. You need to stand up and rise up because you're light. You're exposing the quarreling, the gossiping, the slander, the discrimination, the racism, all the things that people do in our world. We are the light and we expose that darkness. We are to show the world, just like Jesus did as the light of the world, we are to show them, model to them how to live differently. So that's the light of the world. We you are the light of the world. Finally, City on a Hill, which is where I'm going to spend most of today's message. City on a Hill or Light on a Hill. I, for anyone that's, most people I imagine in this room have flown. One of my favorite times to fly is at nighttime because you take off and you get to see the city of light below you. I think there's an image here. I just love the patterns that a city will create just in its street lighting and its, its buildings. Um, I just love that sort of those images. And obviously those images get smaller if you're taking off and you eventually see nothing but black. But if you, if you land and you get to see that and you get to realize I'm nearly there, I'm nearly at the airport. That isn't a city on a hill as such, but it's a city that's shining bright. It is obvious. The contrast between light and dark is so clear there. Um, to be a city on the hill, um, it makes such a difference. And in Jesus' time, I mean, I don't know much about what cities were like and how many cities were on hills. I guess it was important because of vantage point and warfare and all of that sort of thing. I guess cities were elevated, but with very little light pollution in those days, I imagine a city that had lights and most of it candlelight, and it would have been a beacon. People walking, travelers walking for miles upon miles would have seen cities and have them as reference points, would have had them as very notable landmarks because cities were a light. They were guides um, for people to follow. So if we're to be that, I've got four steps based on the scripture we've been reading, four steps on how to be, I've called it a city on a hill, but if you prefer light on a hill, how to be a city on a hill. And it starts, and it's all in the same verse that we've just read, that famous verse about being a light on a hill. It starts with my first point, which is light the lamp or light your lamp. Get close to Jesus. The most important thing that we can do if we're to be a city on a hill is to actually get close to Jesus. And if he was a hot burning coal, we'd get close to him so that we would then burn, be a burning coal. Um, if we, I, I bought a, a high-vis jacket. I was running. I don't normally run in the dark because I'm, I'm afraid or whatever. But anyway, there's a little rural section of my run where there is no street lighting at all. And I had a little t-shirt on that was like high vis. But without, without any street lighting, without many stars or moonlight, it was pitch black. And I was on a road running up this hill. 
And I realized, I had this, point, I had this thought that my high-vis jacket, let's put it on, doesn't work until there's a light shining on it. That's kind of how reflection works. This in a dark room with no light source is just a dark jacket. Whereas if a headlight approaches me and sees and, and I'm running towards it, the reflective strips are reflecting the light. So if I get close to a light source, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, then I begin to reflect the light of Jesus and others begin to see and benefit from that light. So the first thing I need to do is light my own lamp and get close to Jesus. Come, and that's maybe the starting point for many people. There might be people in this room and we're talking today about being a light on a hill. And you don't even know the light yet. You don't even know Jesus. That is the first step. And there will be opportunities today at the end of today's service. Even right now, you could become a Christian. Right now, if you say yes to Jesus, I want to be a Christian, you can do that. Come to Jesus. Light your lamp. I, I just had this vision. I had a dream, actually, about... I don't know if anyone watched last, last year. Um, Britain's Got Talent. And uh, Vigo Venn, he's like this Norwegian comedian, here he is. His whole act was based on him wearing high-vis jackets. It was, he's got the least talent that you could ever imagine, but he was the most brilliant at making people laugh. And his whole, whole act was stripping off high-vis. So this is, this is the image I had. This is my dream. I'm living it out in reality. I'm, I'm Vigo Venn just for two seconds. And he stripped off layer upon layer of high-vis jackets. And Simon Cowell was like, at first, he's like, what is this? And then eventually came around to, he actually won the whole thing and performed at the Royal Variety Show in front of royalty with this act. He was hilarious. Maybe not everyone's cup of tea. But anyway, that was just an image. I just couldn't get that out of my head. I've got it out of my head now. I've got it out of my head. But the important image is the high-visibility PPE jacket, which I think I will take off now. But um, <laughs> we are designed, because I guess the light source isn't ours. It's his. Jesus is the light of the world. And amazingly, we get to share in that. But we don't produce our own light. He is the light of the world, and we reflect him. So all the good things about Jesus, if we just get close to him, then we will reflect all the goodness, the kindness, the compassion, the mercy, the joy. All of that will overflow into our world. But if we don't put on the Vigo Van High jacket, if we don't get close to Jesus, if we don't choose to light our own lamp, then we can reflect all sorts of other stuff. So first step is light your lamp, put on your high-vis jacket, reflect Jesus, get close to him. The second thing comes from the same scripture, which incidentally is just here. Where are we? So we're kind of here now. Where it gives light to everyone in the house. Where's the house? The house of God. Your light isn't just your light. It isn't just Jesus' I am the light of the world light. It's the shared light. When he says you, at the beginning of this scripture, you are the light of the world, he actually was talking about we are the light of the world. You, church, breathe new life, church, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. We are more effective as light. If I was to bring out a single candle and turned off all of the lights in this room, my light would be good. But if we all had a candle, collectively we would create a blaze. 
So collectively, our light shines brighter. We are the light of the world. And I just wrote down a few things that we as a church have been doing, we are doing, you have been doing, just a sort of a list, starting with Uganda Mission and the fundraising for wheelchairs. But I've been kind of involved recently in the Essentials Bank, people randomly just walking in off the street or going to one of the local schools and going to their teachers and saying, we've got a problem here. A referral form is filled out and it comes back to us and we're able to kit them out with toiletries, washing powder, expensive items, which if you add them all up, some people cannot afford. But we're able to do that. Same with Turning Point. We're able to kind of meet somebody's need in a moment and help them turn around. So um, Food Bank, we continually and regularly collect for the food bank. I put down things like the Reload After School Club and the Cafe Hub on a Tuesday morning where people come in and we have an opportunity to be a, a light to them. The play group that we run on a Wednesday, the Alice Charity run on a Wednesday. The Young at Heart Over 50 group where people, most, in fact, all of the people that go to that group aren't part of this church. And they come into our building. We have an opportunity to be a light to them. And Emma is the most brightest light you could possibly imagine. They have adopted her as their own granddaughter. And they absolutely love what she contributes and what she brings um, because she is a light. Um, Easter eggs. And of course, we're going to collect Easter eggs, as Sarah was saying. And I think, of course, those 500 children and those 500 families are going to be blessed with those Easter eggs. But I think it's even bigger than that. So when you share the church to your social media platform, are giving or collecting Easter eggs, the, the impact and the reach is far bigger. I, I, I had a friend, a former colleague, who saw maybe two years ago that I'd posted about we as a church were collecting Easter eggs, was so bowled over by the generosity of the church. A, she wanted to give her own donations of Easter eggs, but B, she said, I have completely changed my mind about what the church is all about because of your social media post. So not only are 500 children going to be impacted, we as a church can share, like, comment, and contribute to the reach of our light. That is what we can do collectively. I can't do that on my own. Because if I had to collect 500 Easter eggs, A, I'd be bankrupt and B, I just would not be able to do it. But together we can be a light, a city on a hill. Third step. So the first one is light your lamp. The second one is give light to everyone in the house. So shared light. It's our light. We are the light of the world. And this is where I picked up on a word that Joe said in her interview. The third one is, let your good deeds shine out. The word Joe used when talking about, was it a little boy in the wheelchair that you, uh, Dennis. Yes, Dennis. Talking, the word was beautiful. And I just really like how this word in the, in the original translation, good, can also be translated as Beautiful. Let your beautiful deeds shine out for all to see. You are beautiful, as Joe said. You are beautiful. You have the light in you, shining through you, reflecting from you. What you do is beautiful and can reach people. So don't hide it under a bushel, a bowl, or in this verse in Mark, so I'm going to jump into Mark just for one verse, which is a very similar passage of scripture, 
different author, different writer, different context. But this is what it says in Mark 4.21. Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? So this Mark has added in under a bed, which is, I don't know as to why, haven't got the time to go into that, but I just find that, and one or two comment, uh, commentators agree with me, but maybe, just speculating, just having a theory, just having, this isn't factual, but this is just an idea, maybe a concept, maybe this is a reason why people hide their light. This is a reason why people don't shine brightly, because the bushel is to do, the, the basket is to do with, a, it's called a bushel and it's to do with collecting grain, which emphasis, emphasizes work. So maybe we're simply too busy to shine our light, to be a city on a hill. Maybe that's what this could be saying here. Or maybe, and the, the next one is fairly obvious, under a bed, maybe we're just too lazy to share our light and to share our good deeds for all to see. So that's just insight that I read from one commentary, but I just quite like it. Um, Mark's version of this same scripture, don't hide your light under work, under busyness, under activity, under trying to get a promotion and and get a reputation and, and build an ego. Don't hide it under inactivity, laziness, tiredness, but let your light shine, beautiful people. And then finally, I know, not quite finally, um, just to kind of, in case you're wondering, well, what are these good, beautiful deeds? I haven't got time to go into detail as to what they could be, but a few headlines, a few bullet points for you. In case you want to say, right, I'm going to do one of these things today or this week. Compassion. Humility. Generosity. Kindness. This, this, this one will hurt. Forgiveness. This one maybe is practically one of the easiest to outwork. Encouragement. My list stops there. I've put etc. <laughs> you, whatever your good, beautiful deeds are, I'm sure you can find one and think of one and write, this week, I am going to let that shine. I'm not going to hide it under my bed and be lazy about it. I'm not going to hide it behind my busyness, put it under a bushel. Finally, step four to how to be a city on a hill. And this is crucial. So that, and this is what it says, so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. What is the motive between shining brightly and declaring the good things that, has happened in your life. This is what it says. Because this is really interesting. This a chapter later in, Mark, in, in Matthew. The next chapter. Let's just read this. I love this paradox here. Matthew 6 verse 1 says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly. Message confusing. No. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. So we can celebrate, plaster social media with good news, with a desire to be better, better reputation, more money, promote ourselves. I want some thanks. I want some admiration. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. So the key phrase there is to be admired by others. 
And going back to the original scripture that I'm just reading from Matthew 5, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. What is the motive? What is the aim? What is the purpose of being a city on a hill, a light on a hill? It is so that others, our community, my friend on social media, the random people that walk in off the street to church, the, your ministry event, your small group, somebody on a Sunday morning, somebody that doesn't know Jesus, the purpose of shining brightly, of being a city on a hill, of declaring and celebrating how much good God has done. 103 salvation in Uganda we don't get the glory but God gets the glory 210 wheelchairs given out to people that didn't have a wheelchair we don't get the glory he gets the glory that is the purpose and the aim of being a city on a hill our aim isn't to be praised by others maybe some of these blessings come but our aim our purpose isn't to be promoted it's to give God the glory. And if, when was the last time somebody gave God glory because of what you did to them or in their presence? There's a sobering question. When was the last time somebody praised God because of what you did? That's really cool to think about. Let your light shine so that God gets the glory. I'm going to invite the band up. I've really struggled with how to end this message and I'm, I'm prone to just waffling. So I'm just going to, I'm helping myself out today. I put a mechanism in place to stop me from waffling and to give me two minutes or three minutes to think about how I'm going to end this message while we all worship. Because I wanted to read and recap the scripture, but I felt that we just needed to give God the glory. Let our light shine in worship right now and give our Father in heaven the glory. And then as we worship, and as we speak the name of Jesus, as we declare the name of Jesus, as we worship Jesus, as we reflect the love of God in our worship. So now's the time to get your high-vis jacket on. And then midway through this song, I'm just going to come back and close and just finish my message and pray, um, if that's okay. So let, as I read this scripture, and then perhaps as I've finished this scripture, we can jump into the song. So should we get to our feet? Um, I haven't quite yet finished yet, but I will soon. I haven't got loads more to say, but I just wanted to read this scripture and then hand over to worship. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, this is what we're gonna do now, everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So Jesus, we declare that you are the light of the world. And we give thanks that you consider us also to be the light of the world. And I pray for this congregation. I pray for the families represented here. Lord God, for the workplaces represented in this room. God, for the, the neighborhoods, the streets, Lord God, the families represented in this room. Father, the friendship groups, the hobbies, the external activities that people take part in and go to. 
Lord God, I pray as we go from this room right now, Holy Spirit, would you breathe new life into us? And would we reflect the light of you, Jesus? Would we shout Jesus from the rooftops, from this hill top that we are on? Would we declare the name of Jesus and give glory to our Father through our good deeds? Lord God, I pray for the church right now. And I pray, God, that we would be a light to our world, that we would reach places that, no, that has not been reached before, before, that we would bring your light into dark places and into the shadows. In the name of Jesus, amen.